Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for touching Sister Shirley. Lord, I pray, God, that you'll bring healing to the places on her body that she hurt when she fell, Father. We thank you, Lord, for just bringing her back to perfect health and wholeness and well-being, dear God. Lord, for anything else that she may be going through today, we just lift it up to you and ask God that you'll touch her, make her well and whole through Christ's blood. Father, your word says, by the stripes of Jesus, she is healed according to your word that you honor even above your own name. So, Father, we thank you for just healing her and setting her free from any, all, any and all sickness and disease. And we ask these blessings in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Sister Karen to you. We curse every single one of those cancerous cells that have penetrated her body. We believe, God, that you're going to put them to death and that, Lord, that they shall not return. And, Lord, that it shall not just be a, a case of remission, but, Lord, be a complete and perfectly miraculous healing, Father. We just thank you, Father. Give her your peace and comfort in Brother Lawrence as well and Sister Kaylee and, Lord, let them feel your mighty presence in their midst today, Father, in a special way. And we believe it to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Work with the Lord, see what God's been doing for you. 
I'm thankful to God that I've been finding interest in the Bible and that when I go to work, my Bible verses pop up on my phone and I can read them when I'm working. Because for 20 years, I wasn't taking time with the Lord like I should have. And I've been to Christian camps, I've been to like the Warriors camps, things I know that I did not use, but now they've come back to me and I'm using them. And they came back and since my wife was going through what she's gone through and giving me the strength. And yesterday I was over here picking up logs at the church because the Lord knows I'm going to get started as soon as I can. Thankful to God that he just says, don't worry, you know, when you get there and I'm not pushing you, God doesn't push people. Thank you. 
one of my shorter sermons because of how I'm feeling, but it's going to be good because it is from the Lord. How many of y'all have ever heard the expression, being given your walking papers? Sister Lord, glad to have you with us today. Glad to have you back in the house of the Lord with us this morning. But anyways, you would take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 6. In other words, when you say you're being given your walking papers, that means that you're either being let go or downsized or laid off or whatever the case may be. But anyway, they're getting rid of you for the time being. Well, we're going to talk about doing that to sin this morning. Sin has, has no right to invade our lives the way that it does. And we need to give the devil his walking papers today. We need to give, we need to give sin its walking papers. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning, out of Romans chapter 6. As you're turning there, I'm going to go ahead and read my introduction. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. That's why we need a Savior. We need to be saved. We need to be redeemed. Our redemption is found only in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Receive God's righteousness through faith in Jesus. Understand that none of us is able to meet God's holy standard of perfection. That is why Jesus paid in full the penalty of sin. No one will ever reach God's standard of absolute moral perfection and be worthy of God's glory on his or her, her own merit. Therefore, if there is to be any salvation, it must come in another way. And verse 24 tells us what that way is. It says, being justified freely by, free, by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. You and I cannot overcome sin on our own. We will look at how we can overcome sin. So if you found Romans chapter 6, would you stand as we honor God at the reading of his word today? Romans chapter 6, verse number 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Father, we thank the Lord for breaking sin's power from off of our lives. We're tired of giving in to tired of letting it run our life when it should not even be mentioned among us as you're born again believers in Christ Jesus. And so Father we thank you for setting us free of sin and we ask it in Jesus name. Amen and amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. Today's message is entitled Giving Sin Its Walking Paper. <coughs> Point number one is what we just read and then verse six is to crucify your own man. Your old man, which is your flesh, that lower sinful nature, is still alive within you. Even though you're Christian, even though you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
God didn't take away that sinful nature. And I don't know why he didn't. But he's working on it on a daily basis. As you allow the Holy Spirit, you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. He's going to work on you and get all that junk out of you. But on the other hand, you still have a free will. You can still choose to do your own thing. You can still choose to make the wrong choices. You can still choose to do, live your life the way that you want to live. You know, I know of a gentleman that I'm, I'm very fond of right now. And he's he was brought up in church. He, as far as I know, he even gave his heart to the Lord. But today he's not living the life. He's backslidden, if you want to call it that. But anyway, he's running from God. And he, on occasion, he'll go to church, but he's a musician. Uh, well, he can put it this way. He can play the guitar. And he's been asked on occasion to play the guitar for this praise and worship team in one of the churches that he occasionally will attend. But anyways, what, the only time he will go is if he's going to play and get paid for his services. But other than that, he's not going to darken the doors of the church. And I'm sad to say that. But he can use your prayer. Just, just mention his name, John. And God will touch him. And God will bring him to salvation. I know he will. If he can bring me to salvation, he can touch and bring, touch and bring anybody to salvation. Believe me. But it starts with putting to death the old man. You must destroy the power of the flesh. The body of sin must be done away with. Does not mean to become extinct. It means that the sinful nature within us is to be defeated and deprived of power. It is to be rendered inoperative. Sin is to have no effect upon you or power over you. You are to put your old man, your sinful nature, to death. Let's look at verses 11 through 13 of that same chapter of chapter 6 of Romans. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now let's look at verses 16 and 17. It says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? To God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You know, it's important that we get our lives straightened out. But we can't do it just by ourselves. It has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And what he does is he takes the word of God and he begins to infiltrate your heart with it. And because that's where the place originates. I mean, it originates in your mind too. Your thoughts are very important. But it, the Bible says that what is in your heart is going to come out. And so we've, we've got to make sure that what is coming out of us is the ways of the Lord. We've got to put to death the deeds of the body. We've got to put to death that old sinful nature of ours. And we can't do it without putting the Word of God into practice in our lives. 
And what we, I'm trying to get across is this, that uh, our heart needs to be submitted to God in every aspect of life, whether, whether it's about our finances, whether it's about our uh, health, whether it's about our marriage relationship, whether it's about our kids, whatever the situation might be, we've got to submit our heart to God in those areas of our life. And he'll, he'll use those things. He'll touch our heart and life. And so we need to understand that that's what's good, what it's going to take in order to crucify the flesh that we deal with on a constant daily basis. Dead indeed to sin means to be controlled by the laws of, of the love of sin or its ruling power in our lives. We are to be dead to its enslaving power. We have a continual choice day after day whether to yield ourselves to sin or to God. I would encourage you to choose God. Because if you live for self, you're going to stray away from the Lord. You're going to get away from the Word of God. You're going to begin to live like you want. And you know, you can lose your salvation. It takes a long time and, a, and it takes hard work to do it. But you can actually lose your salvation. That's what the scriptures teach us. Especially when I think about that, I think about the word of God concerning the prodigal son. You know, the, pro the prodigal son, it says that he was once dead, but is alive again. Matter of fact, let's turn to that passage of scripture. Let's look over in Luke chapter, it's either 15 or 18, I'm not sure which at this point. It's in the book of Luke. Okay, it's in verse chapter eight, uh, 15 of the book of Luke. Let me see which version I want you to turn to. It says here in verse 24, For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be, be married. You know, he had begun his relationship with his heavenly father, well, his father, in his house. In other words, he was a son of the father. And, and you may think to yourself, well, he never lost that status. But yet, in his <coughs> mind, he had. Because he said that I want to make things right with my father. I'm going to go back and make things right with him. And then it says that he was dead and is alive again. In other words, he needed to restore himself unto the father. And that's what we've got to do. Whenever we live our life in such a way that, that it turns away from God. You know, when I was saying that it's hard work to lose your salvation, that means that, in other words, if I get to the point back like I'm a sinner again, where I don't pray for repentance, I don't ask God to forgive me for anything, 
if I don't if I don't do any of that stuff anymore, then I'm getting very close to turning my back on God, and He'll let me do that, and He'll turn me over to my reprobate mind. The Word of God says He'll He'll seal my mind over. But you know what? Like I said, you can also give yourself to the Lord in such a way that He'll take you and He'll remake you and He'll remold you and He'll do what He needs to in order to restore that relationship that you've had between Him and yourself. So I would encourage you today not to let yourself get to that point. So the way you do that is by crucifying the flesh. There's a second point to our message today. Let's turn over to Psalms 119, verse 11. says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The second point of our message today is hide God's word in your heart. This verse indicates that the truly spiritual person operates from a heart that has embraced God's truth out of a sincere desire to avoid sin. By hiding God's word in your heart, you show that you have value for God's word, a high value. God's word is a treasure. If our hearts are to be delivered into the mold of it and in the impressions of it to remain on our soul, it is safe. By hiding God's word in your heart, you have access to it whenever you need. When sin comes knocking, it's best to answer with it is written. Just like Jesus did. The only way you can do that is if you hide God's word in your heart. Don't just read the Word of God. Study it. Memorize it. And put it into practice in your life every day. The psalmist David writes, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. Testimonies are another word for God's truth. Truths that are found in God's Word. Allow God's Word, the entirety of it, to govern your life and all that you say and do. In other words, we need to take the Word of God and eat it like we are a meal. And we need to digest it. We need to ingest it into our heart. I remember now what I was going to say a while ago about the heart is, is that you have to understand that God wants to touch your heart with His Word. He wants to minister to you. He wants you to take that Word and, and internalize it. He wants you to live by the Word of God. And you can't do that if you don't know what it says. And the only way you can find out what it says is if you decide that you're going to go ahead and submit yourself to the authority of it and the power of it over your life. Mm -hmm. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to use the Word of God to govern your life with the Word of God, all of a sudden you become a different person entirely. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. As 2, 15, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, If any one is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
has to receive. It has to get from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Because that's the only way it's going to make a difference in your life. That's the only way it's going to penetrate that old man inside of you. That's the only way that it's going to get rid of that old man. Is if it becomes head, not, not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge. You know, I can just stand up here today and discuss with you all there is to know, pretty much, about who Christ is and things like that. But unless I internalize it, unless I make it real to myself and act upon it in that manner, it's not going to do me much good. And it's not going to do you much good if you do the same thing. If all you know is the principles of it, in other words, if all you know is to be able to recite it and write it down and be able to, you know, tell me what I just said, if that's all that there is to it in your life, then it's not going to do you much good. You've got to internalize the Word of God so that it makes a difference inside of you. Mm -hmm. So it changes you from glory to glory and from faith to faith. So I would encourage us to do that. I want us to take a look. Oh, I remember now. Here in my notes. We're at point number three in our message. There's four of them all together. Point number three is to make no provision for the flesh. It's in Romans chapter 13. Let's turn over there. Romans chapter 13. Verses 13 and 14. It says, says, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Provision means foreplanning and foresight, forethought, premeditated plans, making preparation for it. Paul prohibited those of the Roman church from planning ahead and making preparations to gratify their carnal nature, their flesh. Paul emphasizes a high standard of moral conduct, particularly in view of the nearness of the Lord's return. Jesus also emphasized the high standard of moral conduct of his disciples when he walked, walked the face of the earth. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5. I know I'm having us turn to a lot of scriptures today, but that, they're all important. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read verses 27 and 28. It says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. Now listen to this. But I say to you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now let's drop down to verse 33. It says, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oath to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, 
nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you shall not make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Verses 38-39 You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now let's drop down to verse 42. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And praise for the, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brother, your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus' moral standards are so much higher and so much different than the world standards. Make no provision for the flesh. In other words, don't even consider it. Don't, don't sit down and plot in your mind to go ahead and do something against God's law, against the because when you do that, you're presuming upon the grace of God. And yes, it is true that God will forgive you if you sin. I understand that. Matter of fact, it's, it's in 1 John chapter 2, I believe it is. No, chapter 1. If you want to turn to it real quick, you can turn there or you can just wait for me to find it and read it to you. But 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise of God, folks. So I, I would encourage you, if you do sin, to make things right with God as soon as possible. Because you have an advocate with the Father in Christ Jesus. But, like I said, the plan is not to sin. The plan is not to give in to those desires within you that says, I, I want to do this so badly. I want to do this so, you know, I just want to do this. I, I've got to do this. Guess what? If you're a Christian, you don't have to do it. Because Jesus gave you power and authority over every demonic spirit of hell and the forces of evil. He, he's given you the power. It's just our choice as to whether we use it. So I would encourage us to, to make sure that we're abstaining from sin, and that the very even the very form of it or the very appearance of it. So make no provision for the flesh. The final point is still in Romans chapter six. I mean, yeah, back again in Romans chapter six. No, 13, 
13, I'm sorry. Romans 13. I'll get my notes right here in a minute. Romans 13, verse 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the final point of our message. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We must, we must, it's not an option, folks. We must put on the Lord Jesus Christ if we're going to overcome and defeat sin. Submitting to his lordship, accepting his moral standards, living in constant fellowship with him, and depending upon his strength. There is an old adage that has the initials WWJD. It stands for, what would Jesus do? God's word tells us not only what, we, what Jesus would do, but it tells us what Jesus did. Jesus' life is laid out before us in the whole of the New Testament, especially in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus' life is God's blueprint for overcoming and defeating sin. Clothe yourself with Jesus. Crucify yourself, your sinful nature, and take away sin's ruling power over you, rendering it inoperative in your life. Hide God's word in your heart. Embrace its truths. Study it. Memorize it. Value it as the treasure that it is. And make sure you use it whenever you need to. Make no provision for the flesh. Do not ever make preparations to sin or to give in to your flesh. No premeditated plans for sin allowed at any time. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do what Jesus did. Say what Jesus said. I close with this. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 which says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who wants to give sin its proper time? If you do, say amen. I tell you, this message is something that has stirred my heart very much so. Because it, it pointed out some things in my life that need to change. And I think maybe there's things in your life that need to change some too in yourself. I'll let God and you deal with that part. But I will say this. And in a moment, I'm going to give an altar call. And I'm going to ask those that are walking, watching by Facebook Live, and those who are here in person, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to repeat a small, simple little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I ask Jesus, I ask Jesus to, forgive me of my sins. to forgive me of my sins. I ask Jesus, I ask Jesus to come into my heart, to come into my heart and to begin to live his life, his life in and through me. In and through me. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank, thank you for your forgiveness. I love you so much. I love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all for being here today. Before I finish out, I do have a passage of scripture that I want to read. It's in Numbers chapter 6. It has a blessing to us today, and I want to leave you with it. It 
comes out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's the blessing. I just now want to give an invitation to you. We would love to have you come and be a person that would come and start attending our church. We want you to know that we'll love you, we'll receive you, we'll let God have his way and however he needs to minister to you. So if you would, just think about coming this next Sunday or tonight. We have service at 6 o'clock tonight as well. So come and be a part of what God is doing in our, our church. I believe that you'll be receiving wonderful blessings. And that's, we're going to go ahead and close out. We're going to pray a prayer of dismissal. Brother Marvin, would you dismiss us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the words this morning, Father. Father, we just pray you cleanse us all from all unrighteousness. Be with us as we go out today and bring us back tonight. We give you all praise and glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Amen.